Hello, friends, and welcome back to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. How's it going, Jen? Oh, you know, I just ate a big pile of biscuits, gravy, and fried chicken, and it's peak heat of the afternoon, so I am ready for a fucking nap. How are you? <laughs> I am pumped. I don't know how. My I God, I saw what you ate. for some main story quest. Oh, I see. Okay, you're high on main story quest. High on MSQ. All the kids are doing it. Yeah, going to the raves. Anybody dealing some MSQ? Going to the raids. Wow. Oh, my God. Today, we are playing through the quest Notorious Bigs. But first, what happened last time, Jen? I mean, pick up the Enterprise, and it's clear that we need hella repairs. But even then, the Enterprise isn't going to be, um, isn't going to survive entering the Howling Eye, which is where um, Garuda hangs out. So we decided, or rather, somebody came up with a brilliant idea of using Corrupted Crystal to just slice through the wind, fuck up that, uh, fuck up the wind, the wind aspect of ether in the area and make our way through. So that was our job is to run around and try to find a corrupted crystal that would work against the wind. And it took us a few tries because the first corrupted crystal we found was wind aspected, which would be not helpful at all. So we find the appropriate crystal, we load it up, we head out there, we confront Garuda, at the end of the fight, she's still hanging around being annoying, and this is when the Ultima weapon gets dropped in, Gaius appears, the Ultima weapon devours Ifrit, it devours Titan, and eventually devours Garuda with, you know, hardly like a, a sip of water in between. So this is the new threat. Yeah, Ultima weapon time. So now we're like, well, that sucks. Cool. Well, let's go back to um, Ulda, regroup, go back to the Waking Sands. We at long last return to the Waking Sands. The interior is still eerie, no music, dim light, and one of the vases by the Solar's entrance is still knocked askew. And we meet up with Sid and Alfino inside. Alfino wonders, is something amiss? Has there been a more recent trespasser? No matter. Into the Solar we go, and we run right into Ida. And we have our heartfelt reunion. This is the first time that Ida has seen Sid since the 1.0 days. It sounds though like she was out of the headquarters at the Adder's Nest when the Garleans attacked the Waking Sands. So uh, she came here after we had left already to go and deal with our Sid business. And she also met up with Ishtola too, who is another survivor. So now we have five members, our character, Sid, Alphano, Ida, and Ishtola, alive and uncaptured. So right now, though, Ishtola is off in Ulda, and she's going to go and work on trying to track down where the missing members have been taken by the Garleans. Alphano speculates that the others were taken by Gaius so that he could interrogate them about the Echo, a power that the Empire does not have access to. So we go back and obviously everything is still really dark and everything is still fucked up. So I went into the old, was it the storeroom, like the hangout space or whatever, just to, I don't know, like 
is anything different. Of course, it wouldn't be. It, everything was still just a mess. It was really... I, I hated it. I hated being in there. I hated seeing, you know, the, the, the remnants of that awful fucking day. But here we are. I think it's Alfino that suggests that we should take this opportunity to rest a little bit. And we fall asleep, and this is when Heidelin reaches out to us again. And we have a, a really nice... <laughs> moment in the ethereal sea in front of Heidelin and, and like Heidelin herself, um, capital H, capital H, uh, this massive floating crystal with her little satellites and, and everything like that. And she's um, really kind of trying to bolster her spirit. There's some bullshit on the horizon. The darkness is increasing. Um, she tells us to beware of the crimson brand. This is La Habrea. That's his, that's his sigil. But the crystals will be our salvation. So now that we have all six of the elemental crystals, she has been made whole. And this will then be our sword and our shield against the coming threat. So steal yourself, she says. However, I will always be with you and your the crystals will be your sword and shield. So, but, it, you know, it can't all be crystal power. You got to bring some of your own power. Anyway, while we're kind of in the middle of that, there's suddenly a rapid approach of footsteps and that just startles everybody awake and it's Yustola and she comes barging into the solar and it's like oh my god hey look at everybody oh my god and she sees Sid for the first time in five years which is amazing it's she kind of takes a second and she's like the the fact that the five of us have been reunited again it's it's like Louis Swat is still guiding us in some way because yeah it is it is somewhat of a miracle that we're all still here. But she is she has come in with some news. Like Mac barging into the to Patty's pub. Uh she has news. She knows where Minfilia and Papalimo are being held, and that's in Castrum Sentry, which is in Mordona. Obviously we have to prepare some sort of rescue attempt. And you you can't just walk into a Castrum, one. And especially not now when they're holding really high profile uh prisoners. So this is this is a whole thing. We need to gather as much intel as we can about the Castrum, about the surrounding area, etc. You know, comings and goings. We we realize we have to gather intel, but we it's suggested that we start with Lord Portalain in uh, at the observatorium of House Durandair. And our treatment by Lord Portalain was less than ideal last time. So when she name drops this guy, I have an immediate negative reaction after all the bullshit that he and his house in general put us through a few quests ago. But hopefully without the false inquisitor interfering, we might have better luck. And also, we put our fucking time in. So they know who we are now. We've gained their trust. The relationship is on a totally new level. We once again head for the Curthus Observatorium and meet up with Pertilane in the bunker below the tower. He is immediately nice to us, hopefully chagrined at his earlier treatment of us. To what does he owe the pleasure, he asks us. He was never so kind round one. Well, yeah, we, we were... We were strangers. We were outsiders. I mean, he he didn't know who the fuck we were. Also, we, we, it also assumed that we were looking for, I, I, I don't know. He, he also sold us false because he's like, yeah, I'll give you what you need. As soon as you do this favor for me. Oh, wait, no, JK, go get fucked for two hours of question. Want to talk about your bitterness with Lord Portalane? He put us through some shit in round one. Yeah, he did. But we're past that now. So Ishtola gets him up to speed on our efforts, and he does confirm that, yes, the scouts had sighted people matching the Scion's descriptions, 
that were being escorted by the Imperials towards Mordona. However, there was also another curious sighting. An Imperial airship made an emergency landing in Kurthus recently. Two prisoners were seen fleeing the ship, a Rogadin and a Lalafell. That sounds like Biggs and Wedge. And Sid has the exact same conclusion. We have to go and take care of these guys immediately. Right, the Imperials are obviously hot on their trail. So it was like we had to make the decision, right? Like, okay, we have Minfilia, Orianger, Papalimo, and Tataru being held prisoner at, at Castrum Sentry. But we can reasonably expect that they will be there, quote-unquote, safe until this echo testing or whatever is done. However, Biggs and Wedge are l- like literal fugitives. And so the Imperials have split up. They've formed search parties. And like, so now it's a race. We have to find Biggs and Wedge before the Imperials do. Um, so that will take priority. Meanwhile, we get to see a scene of Gaius and some other ranking Imperials at an unknown location. They're in some sort of high-tech facility surveying the dragon-like ultimate weapon that we sighted in the Howling Eye. Nero informs Gaius that the final preparations are almost complete. Finally, after five years, the Imperials will free Eorzea from the primal menace and give us, the Eorzeans, the stability that we long for. We may have differing views, but Gaius believes fully in the Imperial propaganda, so he thinks he's doing what is right. Yeah, like we're all savages that need saving from ourselves. Next, he dispatches Rattatan to Castrum Occidens. We've seen Rattatan before, but we've not heard his name. This is the officer that dual wields gun shields. Rattatan is going to command the Western Front, ensuring that the Eorzeans do not interfere with the Imperials' machinations. Rattatan doubts Gaius's order, though, for a moment. Is it proper to give him such a high command? You've earned it, says Gaius. Yeah, he says, I didn't give you anything. You earned it. Like, damn. This is a reference to Rattatan's non-Garlean lineage. Rattatan Sas Arvina is from a conquered territory, though I don't think we ever learn where exactly he's from. And he joined up with the army because service guarantees citizenship. And he was assigned to the 14th Legion and became a Pilus, promoted by Gaius, who recognized Rattatan's prowess. And he continued to perform well and achieved the highest rank a non-Garlean can attain, Praefectus Castrorum. He has just been entrusted with a huge command. We'll see how well that assignment goes in a few episodes. Correct. Yeah. So he's off to, did you say Castrum Occidens? Castrum Occidens, yes. Anyway, back in this mystery castrum, Gaius then turns to Livia Sas Junius, the white-armored, jester-looking officer. Gaius will see her in his quarters in one hour. Spicy? (laughs) Nah, they're just gonna, you know, debrief on the day. You know, um, probably she'll take some dictation. Don't say it. I don't know what he sees in her, but whatever. Probably because she's the only woman within a 10-mile radius. I don't know if this is ever confirmed as being reciprocal. We know that she's obsessed with him, but I I don't know if he actually reciprocates anything whatsoever towards her. I I, I don't know, but... I mean, he's, his priorities are elsewhere, and that's part of the reason why she's so obsessed with him, because he is obsessed with his you know, mission. But she is like the, the daughter as well of him, and I don't know if he has migrated towards anything close to romance in his interest, even if it's just physical, or if he's, he's just like all business. Could not speak to 
his feelings for her in that respect. Anyway. I, I have fun with that. I don't know. So she leaves and the scene fades out as Gaius takes one more look towards the ultimate weapon. Back in Curthis, Portalane gives us a letter of introduction, also trauma flashbacks, to one of his men who will fill us in more on Biggs and Wedge. So the guys that witnessed the whole emergency landing of the airship from which Biggs and Wedge ran, that was Zemail Darkhold? They were... Yeah, so Bryseld is the name of the guy outside of Zemail Darkhold. Then he's like, yeah, we saw the guy, sure. But the one who has the real details is my counterpart over outside Arum Vale. So both Zemail and Arum Vale are future optional dungeons. We'll be doing them in a few episodes. But it's kind of funny that they show us the location of both of the optional dungeons in Curthis as part of this quest line. Yeah, again, it's just these are areas we haven't been explicitly um, walked to in the msq and like a lot of the msq is that is is like you know basically forcing your hand at exploring these areas um and getting a full picture of uh, the landscape so now it's zemil darkholds and orm Vale's turn um so yeah we go we talked to Brissel. he's like nah it's gonna be uh pierre Ramon at orm Vale. so we go talk to this guy and he's like yeah it was like it was right there and I went off to tell my colleagues about uh, the emergency landing and let them know to like just to be on guard. When I got back, it looked like somebody was trying to get in. Uh, this Orm Vale is is closed off by a locked gate and two armed guards. But while they were away, someone had tried to get in there, and it was a big set of footprints and a real small set of footprints. So so Biggs and Wedge clearly were there, and they were trying to get into Orm Vale to hide out. That didn't work. So now we have probably footprints. for the best. Honestly, they didn't go in there. I know. Although you know, I think maybe not Wedge, but but Biggs could certainly handle the shit. Anyway, they had to run away and, and find shelter somewhere else. So now we're we're basically tracking their footprints. So I think that Pyramon actually went to scout out the Imperial landing because he got there and he saw that this airship landed, and then he saw Biggs and Wedge fleeing the site. Soon afterwards, the airship lifted off again, but they left behind a detachment of troops who were given gruff orders with an air of consternation. As a side note, these quest steps give you a ton of level 44 armor, but we're going to get the level 45 artifact armor in a hot second, so I just grabbed those elegant coins instead. Pretty much. Their gold coins are worth 2,500 gil apiece. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. You could like buy the mats, make your own shit, and still have money left over. Gotta pay for those crafting episodes somehow. So now we're following footsteps. Trying to figure out where Biggs and Wedge have hidden themselves. I, luckily, we found these footprints before anybody else did. Uh, but we follow them, and we they find- They are little teeny footprints. They're very small. So small. But it leads us to a footbridge underneath which Wedge is- crouched and shivering and so i went right past this the first time because i was following the like the compass marker towards the next step and then i didn't see anything as i approached the bridge so i went right over him as i'm assuming the imperials did too i saw the comet msq um, marker clipping through the bridge (laughs) so that was a hint but i also remembered it from the first time i did it so uh he is so he's cowering under the bridge and we walk up we're like what's up buddy and he's like oh my god oh my god don't eat me i don't look as succulent i or i am not as succulent as i look (laughs) 
shut up, bro. You're so pudgy. Um, and he is, like, stoked to see us. And while we're standing there, Sid beeps us via Link Pearl. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And we're like, oh, we found Wedge. And he's like, that's amazing. Have you found Biggs? We're like, no, we have no idea where Biggs is. Um, and he's like, okay, so I think what we're going to do is regroup at a nearby tower. It's called Monument Tower. We're going to head there. Um, drop off Wedge, and we will figure out how next to approach the search for Biggs. Common theme for this episode, this is the first that Wedge has learned about Sid's survival. Right. So when we like we get off the phone with Sid, Wedge can overhear the conversation. And this is, yeah, this is when he finds out that Sid is actually fucking alive. He's like, was that, was that Master Garland? Holy shit. And he, you know, he kind of gets a little weepy and he does his little... I'm crying, shut up, you're crying kind of maneuver, which is really adorable. It's it's going to be an emotional day for Wedge. So that's what we do. We head off to Monument Tower. Monument Tower is a way station for pilgrims that want to visit a nearby relic at a cave just south of the tower. This tower is as tall as the observatorium, but it is topped with a massive ballista meant for spearing dragons. Cool. Yeah, not really. Um, It's just basically like a big fire pit there's probably like a a small kitchen in there somewhere um so you can hang around the fire there's some um just a a landing up above and then above that like a kind of a like a baby war room um there are some soldiers up there and like a map and stuff so it's a it's a multi-purpose space but you drop uh, wedge off there we sit him in front of the fire abilie uh is stationed there and goes to get him some soup abilie is an elizin she looks like the minder maybe she's like the tour guide for this holy site to receive the freezing pilgrims give them some hot broth help them warm up before they go on to this cave nearby exactly so that's what she does with wedge and we're struggling for some information here we really have nowhere to we don't know where to start um well i mean we do so i mean we ask Adel- um what's her face abilie have you seen anything? So take our little friend here, but then multiply him by four. And that's kind of like the guy we're looking for. Uh, she says, no, but there's that cave over there. It's Fury's Gaze. That seems like a logical place for someone to hide. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. So let's go down to this cave. This cave is, it's pretty small, um, but it's like hella stalactites, hella stalagmites. There is a huge formation, a stalactite hanging down, which is probably the relic. Yes. But this this is full of fucking spirit energy. Yeah, full of plasmoids. Dude, yeah, like shit is all up in this cave. As we search the cave, we succeed at nothing besides agitating a handful of revenants, the blobby sperm ghosts. And by sheer coincidence, Jin and I were both at the same quest step as yeah. we were doing this. So we spawned our ghost at the same time. I was like, sure, I got this, Jin. Oh, my God. It was like 12 things and it was spicy. Then the um, the quest is a level 44 quest. So the revenants are like low 40s. However, the plasmoids are level 48. So yeah. if you drop an AoE in the room, you will aggro a handful of plasmoids. Yeah. And if you are the level of the quest, these are some spicy enemies. They will get you. So I almost got got. Yeah, Jin and I got dropped down to like 20% health roughly. And I had to pop a potion. Yep. And I had my chocobo healing me too. But it, it was... It was it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, try not to try not to proc those plasmoids when you're down there. Or do. Have some fun. So that didn't work out. Fury's gaze as a place for Biggs to hide out. Uh, no. So the search continues. 
We go up to the top level of Monument Tower and speak with Ignis. He's probably like a, a sergeant, some, some higher level um, officer um, in the mini war room. And he suggests, well, if he's not in the cave, it's entirely possible that he went through Danifin's Pass on his way to Whitebrim. And you know when you're getting close, is you, you will start to see this blood red crystal kind of cutting up through the ground. Um, it's it's kind of bonkers looking. Very ominous. So we head that way. Um, but before we go, he has a little tip for us. If Just make sure you watch your step on these stairs because I stumbled a bit recently and I almost broke my neck. I'm like, oh, really? You almost broke your neck? You didn't fall 20 stories to your death? Jesus. I've they need a railing up in there. Like 20 times voluntarily. Oh, look at you. All right. It's, it's because I kept getting that damn observatory quest during the Ixal tribe stuff. The one that makes you go up to oh, the observatorium. Yeah. I only got that once. Yeah, I did not. I got it more. And I have then consequently jumped down from that tower several times. Oh, for sure. Um, So this is, well, that's how I leave this tower. After talking to Ignis, I just go up another like third of a level up to the very top. And there's another NPC, uh, another soldier hanging out there. If you get close to him, he says, no normal man can survive a fall like that. And I'm like, watch <laughs> me, but I am no normal man. And I just jumped right off the edge. <laughs> nice. Shortcut. So off we go to White Brim on our way to Danifin Pass. Right. But before we hit the entrance, we see everybody. To the left, we've got Biggs. Holy shit, he's alive, but he's surrounded by... Uh, Garlean soldiers. Fuck. He's in a bad way. And off in the distance, we see Ishtola and Ida prepping, you know, to interrupt this whole thing. So I run over to them and they're like, okay, we got to do something. If we don't intervene right this fucking second, Biggs will die. So yeah, we start some shit. That we do. This is an instance fight. It has three waves of um, of enemies. The three of us, um, our character, Ishtola and Ida, are like, we got to just jump in now because otherwise Biggs is going to go down. And meanwhile, the Garleans are challenging Biggs. We'll take you back dead or alive. Oh, and he is, he is like, he's hes in a pugilist stance. You know, he's got his um, his <laughs> brass knuckles. Cause I don't know what those are called. They are fist irons. Fist irons. So he's got those out. He's ready to go down swinging. Like, you'll never take me alive. And everybody that knows Biggs in this whole search, they're like, if he is given the choice to be captured or killed, he will pick killed. Like, he's not just going to go willingly. Yeah. Anyway, so he's ready to go to throw down. But luckily, we're there to help him out. And we fight a lot of Garleans. A lot. The first wave are just scrub soldiers. No big deal. But then we get Vanguards. two more waves with vanguards who are the drill-wielding Magitech constructs. It's not too hard, except that there are some axe-wielding Garleans in here. And they can homegang you, which is the warrior ability where they bind you to one place. And if you get home ganged and then those vanguards target you with a ground AOE, like a telegraphed AOE, it can hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty spicy and it feels it feels satisfying in that way um, because we're here. Obviously, the Garleans have, oh, what's the word? You know, when you release troops, you, what's the word? Deploy, Deploy. order. Deploy. Yes, thank you. So the, the Garleans obviously was, as we found out, they've deployed numerous groups to search for them. So they all descend upon us at the same time and we had to fight them all. And luckily Ishola is there to, to heal us because it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. But we destroy everybody and take Biggs back to Monument Tower. 
reunite him with Wedge, and Wedge, again, is very emotional. Then, after the first reunion, Sid enters the tower, and oh, then boy. it's the waterworks all over again. Oh, yeah, and they play this music that is just so sweet, and, you know, and this is this is Big's first reveal that Sid is alive and well. Boom, you know, Garland Ironworks is back in business, baby. Good, good times all around. Once we're done with all the tears, we take stock of the situation. Biggs and Wedge recount their capture, and Yushchola wonders how the Garleans were able to enter Vesper Bay without the immortal flames noticing. Right? There was no sign of the attack on the town itself, so Yushchola concludes that they were teleported there. And who's good at teleporting things in and out and being a general pain in the ass? Assians. <laughs> I knew it! After being captured, Biggs and Wedge were led to an airship blindfolded, and they were taken to Castrum Sentry, the same place that we suspect the other Scions are. And they were held in detainment for some time before they were collected to be sent back to Garlemald. We may recall that they are both defectors from the Imperial Army, so it's bad news if they get sent back there. To avoid that, they sabotage the airship that's transporting them back to Garlemald, Forcing the landing, and then the rest is history. <laughs> also, can we just say how terrifying it is that we now we, we know that Garlean assholes can just zip and zoop into a place? Well, one, we still don't know how they knew the Waking Sands existed. We didn't how how the fuck the Scions how they knew. But uh, like, what's what's stopping them now? They have they have an Asian and Asian powers, and they can be teleported anywhere. So it's like, you know, Immortal Flames, Scouts, um, it doesn't, none of that matters. That's terrifying. Um, but Sid is just chuffed at Biggs' solution to sabotage their uh, altimeter <laughs> and force an emergency landing. Amazing. We can only have so much time for group hugs as we still have to rescue the other Scions from Castrum Sentry. So we resolve to head to Mordona and to plan our attack there. Yep. And that's where we leave off for today, before the assault on Castrum Sentry. Kind of a short segment, but we're on the cusp of a big endeavor. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes with the MSQ, we're like, oh, where do we want to stop this before? Like, so, like sometimes the, the little chunk of story could be 30 minutes long, and sometimes it's two hours long, and, you know, this this is leading into a whole crazy sequence of events so we're yeah it'll, it's a shorter episode today but we figured that's probably the best place to stop it yep any comments on today's stuff jen pretty straightforward yes to be honest i totally forgot about biggs and wedge in the and wow. all, all of the kerfuffle wow. you know <laughs> um not realizing that right they were basically chilling at the waking sands ever since we found them in gradania uh so yeah i was like oh fuck that that totally makes sense we didn't see their bodies it stands to reason that they were taken prisoner. There are also other unaccounted for scions as well yep. who will reappear later on in the story. Like not naming names. Uh but hooray. So now it's um 
you know, rebuilding the Scions time and getting into that castrum, saving our friends. But next time, we are going to be playing through the Alchemist quest through level 50. In case you missed the earlier announcement, uh, we now have a Discord up, which we are using to coordinate some runs of future content. If you haven't already, you can check the show notes and follow that link to the Discord. Some very nice people have already hopped on. We have some ocean fishing coming up, so if that sounds like a fun time to you, then uh, click a link. that will do it for today's little episode uh, thank you guys so much for listening as always and if you want to get in touch give us a, give us an email that's how you say it go ahead and give us an old email at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com and ugh, twitter problematic uh, but we're still using it for now um, at podreturn we're looking for a new platform, potentially, that would be a replacement for Twitter, but who fucking knows? Anyway, yeah, with that, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and have a good day or night, and we will see you next time. <laughs>